Now it is. That's not bad. It works. Cool. The whole head of hair is in it, which is like... What, what you want. Exactly what you want <laughs> with Gus's hair. I tried to get my hair to be luscious today. Can you tell? Am I doing the intro or are you doing the intro? Uh, you, because I don't remember what we said. Okay. <clears throat> I just know when my name comes in. Alright. <laughs> That's good. Dang, you're right. Driving is going to be... Right? It, it like gets your brain off of what we're doing. <laughs> Oh, man. This is going to be right. a fun experiment in vulnerability, Gus. Are you ready to tell me all your darkest secrets? Are you ready to hear it? Oh, yeah. I don't think you're ready. I was born ready. Ah, just I was born. Sorry, I was born premature. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, welcome to Unsaid, a space for conversations we never had. This is episode one, Wrestling with Offense. Gus's story, specifically talking about offended with leadership. Yes. So, you are? I'm... <laughs> Which I think you missed it, right? I I'm, did miss it. I'm Gus. And I'm Ilse. This is Unsaid. Yes. Beginning catch up. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And we set it up on purpose so that whoever is sharing their story, their heart, is the one driving. Yep. Because I have to focus on driving and not necessarily on what I'm saying. Exactly. So what comes out is... Super raw, guys. Yes. It's going to be good. For the most part. So... Yes. <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm excited. I mean, this is a kind of a hard conversation, I think, because we're talking about dealing with offense. Um, and I think that that's something that is kind of hard to name in the church. But I think offense, even if our experiences with it are super different... Yeah. The feeling is the same. Yes. Of like this feeling of indignation, almost anger. Well, not almost anger. It is anger, like frustration, like wishing that things were different and feeling a little bit gypped or a yeah. little bit like things are not as they should be and that's not okay, you know? Right. What else would you say offense is? Um, man, I, I think it causes a lot of jadedness mm. where it's like, like a turnoff to things that you're in the midst of so like yeah. for example the majority of my offense happened in the church yeah um and so there could be this turn off to you know and i've seen many people have that response i hate church i yeah. hate the church or forget it like I'm, those people are hypocrites all these things you know and the, um, so they can cause a lot of that i had some of those thoughts i wouldn't say all of them mm -hmm. um but it's i could see how easy it is to land on those thoughts yeah so fast and so yeah. easy that totally makes sense so let's talk about that so offense within the church specifically i think with leadership or how they dealt with like situations like what was that like for you uh, how did you feel i if i could if, even before getting into that yeah, yeah, yeah um i think what's crucial i i don't know i usually like to lay down disclaimers before i say things sure go for it because uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about me. Okay. And I'm not. I'm not gonna try to defame anyone or anything because that's not the point of this conversation. Right. But if we're honest, when it comes to leadership in the church, uh, we automatically, as soon as I step into the church, I automatically have high standards yeah. for the people that are leading. Yeah. And for the most part, some of them are good, but most of it could be unrealistic. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think that's a huge. Thing with offense because a lot of times a 
the reality is not what we expected. Like, we yes. expected something. Yes. Usually, we expect it. For example, in Christianity, I think we expect acts too. You know, like believers, like right. loving one another, <laughs> selling all their possessions. Which we we will be there one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we, but we want that. Like that's the heart. And so even like we get saved and we get into church and we think like these people are amazing. They're gonna love me and they're gonna like love right. all my weaknesses right. and my brokenness is not gonna be disgusting to them. But they're actually right. gonna like really embrace me wholeheartedly. And when that doesn't happen. Um, and th these are not bad expectations, but when that doesn't happen, we experience disappointment. And if it keeps happening, then our disappointment, I think, sometimes turns into offense. Right. Because it feels like, how come no one is getting this right? Or how, how come no one else sees what I'm seeing? Or no one else is treated the way that I'm treated? Right. Thing, right. Like, offense can be a lonely place because you feel like you're the only one. And you feel like you can't even talk about it because everyone else seems to be kind of Right. I don't know if that's how you felt, but that's just like what I think offense is like. Yeah, because I, I tend to like share my heart. Like if someone's really asking me, I'm I'm I I try my best to be an open book. Yeah. At the same time while being conscious of not like defaming someone. Which let's be honest, it could be hard on this subject of offense yeah. and bitterness and anger and all that stuff and like uh it could be very hard to not mention names and not mention places or people or specifics to like the details of what really happened yeah um but i think one of the ways that it started for me and i think uh it started for a lot of people that i've seen uh even when i was leading mm -hmm. or in other places that i hear it's this is that uh i stepped in to to my church uh, and I filled in a gap that didn't exist yeah. or people were trying to fill yeah. and so at least for me it was this like oh you are the guy that could fill the position that we've been wanting to yeah. and we didn't even know you were here yeah. and so it could be like this like psh, like the spotlight's on you yeah. you are the answer to yeah. our prayers yeah. or to our problems right and let's be honest, it feels good yeah. to be the one that is like the savior of the moment. Like, you needed a keyboard player? Boom, here I am. Yeah. Oh, you don't have a media department? Or or whoever was there left? Yeah. Here I am. Like, I, you know, and, and so I did that as well in some other areas and things like that, right? Like, filling yeah. in the gaps. Or or I saw our, our pastors, like, didn't have somebody leading these areas. And because I wanted to help, I volunteered. I was like, all right, I'll do that. Yeah. And I'll lead that until someone shows up. And for the most part, nobody really showed up. Exactly. Um, but so that's how it started for me, I think. Um, it, it felt like this, like, I was filling in gaps. And so I was being recognized or noticed or acknowledged. And it felt good because I, I don't think this is just me. But I think that the majority of us who land on offense and bitterness... We have this this place in our heart that is void, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And then we find that place, whatever it might be for some of us, it's work, some of us is church, some of us is a relationship, and, so yeah. and that relationship or that place fills in that void. And because it's happening, I'll throw myself at it 100%. Like I'll do what you're telling me to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's, I, I don't know, this is the way I've thought about it in the in some years past. 
it forms this type of, uh, uh, I don't like using this word, so forgive me, but like the sort of like codependent relationship. Uh-huh. Right? Like, um, it's, I am going to keep doing that as long as you keep telling me that and telling me that you love me, tell me that you need me, tell me that you love what I do and, and tell me how, what, how much what I do is amazing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. be my cheerleader in other words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah so it it's sort of that that like keep telling keep feeding me and i'm gonna i'm gonna you tell me to jump i'm gonna ask you how high like, yeah i think it sounds like um and i think this happens a lot for people who like start in church and they get really excited about like being there um that you kind of volunteer for everything and then, and then it feels so good that you save the day like i am the superhero right now because then at the beginning there's yes. a lot of celebration like yay like you're here wow i can't <laughs> believe it. it's such a miracle we're so blessed right and, you know but then like a year two years three years for you it was like eight to ten like years it was a lot <laughs> of years where it suddenly was. celebration became like but why Dem aren't you doing this demands, and like yeah like responsibility a little bit of like feeling taken for granted yes, or feeling yes. And so that transition, I think, happens because, like, in any place, we have a tendency that, like, as soon as we get comfortable, we forget to be grateful. You oh, know? super. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it happens with leadership. They forget to be grateful that they have volunteers. And as volunteers, we forget to be grateful that we have, like, the opportunity to serve. And so it just, like, it's like this back and forth yeah. of, like, no gratitude. Everybody's taking everyone for granted. Yeah. There's Leadership has expectations. You yes. have expectations. <laughs> and, like, the, the expectations yes. are, like, kind of going over yes. each other. And so it kind of feels like you never really, like, you're, at, like, you're never really getting affirmed. They're never really getting what they want. Right. And so everyone's frustrated yes. and angry, right? Yeah. So how did that experience, like, what what did you do after, once you had that experience? What did, what did you do with those emotions? With the, uh, some of the emotions I had to add on to that yeah, is yeah. the, um, because I was in leadership, I would look at how some others maybe around me yeah. were feeling about how they were being dealt with. Mm. And I was like, man, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. So I'm not going to share that. Yeah. Or I'm not going to say that. Or I'm not going to open up. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm like, nope. No, thank you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw... Like, somebody shares their brokenness. Yes. And sudden, instead of being met with love, they're being met with, why are you doing that? Like, kind of like a, yes, because a correction. It, going back like to the a... expectations. Yeah, yeah. Because they had expectations put on them yeah. also. And so then you thinking, if I'm broken, I'm not going to share that because I don't want to be put on blast like that. Right. Like or that I was, was super cautious about who I shared my brokenness with. Right. Or even, because I think it happens too, where you would share, someone would share something and suddenly what they shared is being said oh my God. somewhere else. Okay, so <laughs> what do you want me to answer specifically? So like, with all of that, so it sounds like all of these things created the, like, <laughs> needing you to protect yourself so you didn't share what yes. you were going through. Yes. So even though things right. were bothering all right. you, so on that thought, you didn't on share, that yes. Thought. My self-defense mechanism was my mind. Okay. And by my mind, I mean like, like rationalizing. Yes, okay. and so my in my mind, um, I thought I was smarter than I actually was, mm -hmm. right? Wiser than I was, and oh, that's there our, goes the ten that's minute mark. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> uh, I love it. That's good. <laughs> I was like, oh, no one's listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
thought you were wiser than you were. Thank you. I got you. you. And in my mind, I I remember these many days, many, many days. I would get ready in the morning, like get dressed, shower, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know that when I step into, because, all right, side note, here's the challenge for me. I didn't only attend the church, I worked at the church. Yeah, In case anybody didn't hard. know. I worked there. Mm-hmm. And I had... And all your friends were there. Yes. And all of like your important relationships and I many were happening in church. At the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You you could recall you that. Multitasking, multi-leading. <laughs> so I had a plethora of things as to I know when I show up, yeah. this is gonna be brought up to my attention. Yeah. Or a leader or one of the pastors texted me and said, Hey, we need to talk. I I automatically thought, oh, I know why. Yeah. Because of this. Yeah. And in me, because I thought I was wiser than I was. Um, I was like, I know they're going to bring this up and I know what they're going to say. And when they say that, I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. And when I say this, I know that they're going to say that. And when they say that, I'm going to respond like this and I'm going to shut them up. Mm-hmm. And so I would show up to these so-called meetings or these things because they said they wanted to meet whoever it was already angry mm-hmm. about something that has not even like been a conversation said to me. that hasn't happened yet. Yes. But you're already upset. Like, yes. Like even defensive about it. Yes. And I think okay. a lot of us tend to do that. Mm-hmm. We tend to think we know what people are going to say, how they're going to respond. And and I think if, if I'm being honest, it was the areas that, and this is interesting, like it was the areas I knew that I was falling short in mm-hmm. and I knew I needed to fix some things or I knew I needed to change my attitude in some areas. But when it came to it, it was easier to put the blame. I know that they're going to point that out. Yeah. But it was actually, in reality, an area of me that I that I knew needed to change, but I wasn't changing it. But I think Does that's that the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's the issue with, like, wanting to be the hero or, like, performing or, like, wanting to be affirmed is that, like, I don't want you to see my weakness before I see my weakness. Like, I want to correct it and, show, and tell you that I corrected it and show up kind of, like, with my stuff already done. Like, I want to be like, yeah, I already knew that. Right. Like, you know, kind of right. in the sense... Not so much being defensive, but in the sense of, like, I can do it. Like, I, w- I want to continue to show that I got this kind of thing. I don't know if that's, like, how you felt, but I think sometimes when areas of weakness are pointed out to us, we want to beat them to the punch. We want to say, like, I already knew that. I'm already, I'm already on that. Like, right. don't, don't call me out on yeah. that because and, I already And one of the reasons I why I wanted to beat anybody to the punch was... Because I didn't want people to voice the places that I didn't enjoy about myself. Mm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it, in, I mean, there's so many things. My internal conversation about made-up conversations. Yeah. And then here's the interesting part, or the funny part, is that I would show up. Let's say, for hypothetically speaking, it was you. Yeah. And you yeah. said, Gus, let's meet. I want to talk. And I was like, I know what she's gonna say. Yeah. She's gonna say this. It's yeah. because of that. And when she says that, I'm gonna say this. It was because of. She didn't turn this into me first. Whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's say I met with you, and all you wanted to talk about was how I was, how I was doing. Yeah. And, I, and in me, I was like, I, it's coming. It's coming. Finishing and saying was um, how I made up conversations in my mind. Right. About what was going to be said to me and how I was going to respond about what was being said to me. Um, and that already got me in a place of anger with who I was going to talk to mm-hmm. um, and this and it just I allowed it to control what my day was going to look like you know or yeah. what that moment was going to look like 
And so I already came with this hostility that you, you're going to attack me. Yeah. And I'm not going to like it. And, and I'm going to attack you back. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know how I feel about what you're about to do to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think I was saying, I don't know if it cut off or not, but was that if it was you, again, like the hypothetical yeah. scenario, if it was you... And you didn't do that. Yeah. And all you wanted to talk about was how I was doing or uh, you enjoy working with me or whatever it might be. And then yeah. I'd be angry about you not bringing it up. Mm. And, yeah. and 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 just being extra honest about it, that, that would land me in places with people in my heart. Mm-hmm. This, she's a hypocrite. She's not really telling me what she feels. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I really thought that my thoughts were real. And the, the the honest ones that I was mm. having the honest conversations with myself yeah. that you didn't want to have or wh- fill in the blank you or yeah. whoever. So you assumed that they were just not being honest with you, as opposed to like when they said, "I just wanted to know how you were." Right, rather than like taking receiving them that word. and be like, "Oh, like yeah, you just want to know how I am." I'm, you know, like right. you'd be like, "No, like there's tell me the truth. Like there's something more yes. that you actually want to talk and, about." And me, I was saying that I didn't say it out loud. Hmm. Um, because again, I had a fear of them or anybody voicing the things in me that I don't like already. Yeah. Um, so it was just easier to keep that all in here, have it affect this, and then it it translate into bad things here. You know? How did you figure out that you were doing that? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I I I think the best answer that comes to my mind is that I knew it um, and I don't know tell me what you think about this would that make me a pathological liar because I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> self-diagnosed pathological okay, liar because? because because again it's not even that I was doing something wrong mm-hmm. is that I was the only one being honest so I thought in my mind Maybe it sounds like a like a protection, like a uh, survival technique. Yes. Kind of like if, because you can be totally confident that you're telling the truth, like when you're saying something because it's right. you. Right. Right. But it's hard to trust other people because you don't know if they're actually telling the right. truth. Right. So the easiest thing to do is like gauge truth by what you know is true. Like maybe you could say like I know that you don't like my leadership or I know that you don't like how I'm doing things right and because I know that I know that you should be confronting me about this or you want to confront me about this yeah but when you're not like that's suspicious yes right and so so because maybe your defense mechanism was defining what's real about your relationships based on what you know to be true as opposed to like actually receiving because like it's possible that people could change or it's possible that they could realize like it's wrong of me to forever be confronting Gus right right? but because you had already known that that was the truth about your relationship with them right yeah then you would never receive it anymore exactly yeah yeah but so yeah perfect you had a lot better words than I did but did it make sense that like I was saying, like I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. Yeah. I felt like I was doing the right thing. Yeah. In being honest. Yeah. Uh, whether whether or not the person across the table was being honest with me. Yeah. Um. And I think to add to your question was that sometime after that, again, 
um, this was around specifically where things started coming to the light for me was 2016 mm -hmm. um, it was sometime around then in the fall where I realized um, I don't want people to treat me like that hmm. I'm gonna choose to not treat people like that yeah that makes sense yeah because one it is unfair if you treated me like that and at the same time it's unfair for me to treat you like that yeah um, but in the in the hurt and the pain uh, one thing that comes with it is the self-entitlement like I have a right to be angry or to hate you because of what you did yeah or what you said or how you responded and and I'm talking about legitimate things which we can talk about as they come on in other episodes but mm -hmm. I, I've heard people be offended because a leader or the pastor walked by them and they so distracted they didn't say hi and they're like oh that person doesn't want me here yeah you know I mean I don't yeah, think I ever got the to that place that walked by and didn't I, say hi and then somebody was like hey you didn't say hi to me and that was really rude and I was like I didn't even see you but right. like and then yeah. saying that makes it worse because you're like, like what am I chopped you know, liver? I'm like I'm sorry <laughs> like I just yeah so oh I totally gosh. yeah know that <laughs> um so I, I would say in conclusion to this for my heart and again a lot of this is going to come up in future conversations mm -hmm. um, that the best and safest place that I had was rather than looking for someone to talk about this with because it was it, it would have been easy mm -hmm. um, that if the part that if, if we were honest it'd be easy to go back to even people who I knew had left the church and were hurt and offended by similar things I could reach out to them and it would have been a horrible cycle of feeding off each other. Like, this is what happened to me. What, mm -hmm. about, what about you? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that person or that person yeah. doesn't change or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just thank God that I did not have those itching ears, as Paul would call it. Yeah. And I actually just kept it in prayer and in conversation with Jesus, which was the safest place I could have taken it. Yeah. And unfortunate for many people, they don't go there to that place. And I'm grateful to the Lord that he set me up mm. to be in that place because I had given myself to the house of prayer. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was not a, a weird, awkward place. Does that make sense? Yeah, like yeah. Praying was not like, well, that's not going to work. It was an actual real place for me to conversate with the Lord. So he set me up good and it hurt good, but it actually healed well. That's Does that so make good. sense? Like, yeah. Um, and so conversation with the Lord in prayer was the safest and the best place I could ever bring any of these things up. Even to the day when little things or big things happen. Um, let's say again, hypothetically, if you did something to me today, I'm not going to land on what you did to me today. I'm going to land on who he is to me and who I am before him. That's really good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you're just as broken as I am. You're just as in need of him as I am. Mm -hmm. And I cannot hold it against you that in your brokenness you responded to me yeah in that out of that lens i don't know if that yeah. makes any sense yeah, yeah. so anyways it's it, it was a journey and a process and um it, it is good to know that jesus came yeah, that's so, <laughs> so that i could talk with him that's so good <laughs> oh man yeah so it sounds like the best maybe like advice we can graft from your story is like resist the temptation to find people that are just as offended as you so with him because i love what you said that jesus 
is not offended with your offended heart. Yes. He could totally <laughs> handle it. Yes. And I think that that is permission that some of us don't have yet. Of You can actually take all of your raw feelings and all of the complaints and all of the things that you have seen, the injustice maybe that you witnessed, right. and put it before the Lord and He is not overwhelmed right. or surprised or disappointed in you for having those feelings. Yeah. And I will also add, that was perfect, and I will also add like that if anybody hearing this is in the same place or not in that place yet mm -hmm. to set themselves up now in cultivating a prayer life yeah now yeah so that when it comes if and when a storm hits in your life or in your heart you're not thinking well who cares about prayer i don't want to talk to the lord yeah. like it's probably his fault you know or like yeah. or it's his people or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I would just say just setting yourself up now yeah. in that place of conversating with him and talking about just everyday things now That's so and good. not waiting for the storm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, we <laughs> well, made it. Episode thank you for one. joining us to episode one. This is Wrestling with Offense. Yes. My story. And coming up next. And the next episode is Wrestling with a Fence. My story. Elsa's story. Yay. But if you have a story and you want to share it with us and would love we would love to read it, talk about it, create space maybe for healing. Yes. Maybe to for for your story to be heard. Because I think a big thing with offense is our stories never got heard. Yes. So for sure. if you have that, please email us at things at unsaidby.me. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Alright. And we'll catch you at the next episode. And they'll hit the alarm. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, I bought the... Oh. Ah, gosh. Gosh! <laughs> Anyways. Don't kill us! <laughs>